0: So, Mark. Yes? We're going to be talking a lot about swimming pools today.
1: Uh, I don't really know why. It doesn't seem relevant to the film Pool Boy Nightmare.
0: It's almost like all <laughs> of the action is centered around uh, dramatic happenings in a pool. But in that spirit, I was wondering, what is your favorite pool sequence from a movie?
1: So, in the year 2018 and nineteen, I think... There were two separate movies that involved a teen girl swimming underwater with her eyes open while Perfume Genius's queen played, and both of them worked really well. In Eighth Grade and Booksmart, the two leads had revelatory moments underwater at pool parties while Perfume Genius played.
0: Okay, Eighth Grade was also my first thought, because I love the just agonizing awkwardness of the main character, Kayla, just, like, trying to fit in at this party that she was, like, clearly invited to because, like, the mom said that she should be invited. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the girl having the party clearly did not particularly want her there. There's that one weird kid that she goes on the chicken nugget date with.
1: That movie was just way too relatable. It's glorious. Honestly.
2: I haven't seen Eighth Grade yet. Oh, you guys are making me feel like you got to. watch it.
1: Oh,
0: you have um, to watch it. Okay. I believe it is streaming on Canopy, our favorite, uh, like <laughs> the highbrow, uh, highbrow highbrow counterpart <laughs> to the streaming service we use this week.
1: Have you watched Pen Fifteen? Because if you want to talk about awkward pool party scenes, no, I haven't. Oh my god, that TV show is painfully good because it is incredibly painful to watch that movie or TV show.
2: Is it really pronounced Pen Fifteen?
1: Yes, that it is, is pronounced spelled Pen, that way, pen like, Fifteen. With numbers.
0: Like I said, 8th grade was the first thing I thought of. The other one that I thought of that I liked is the pool scene in Edge of Seventeen. When I Stark thought of that one, too. To house.
1: Teen movies really know how to use a good pool scene.
0: Well, because there is that weird teen experience of like you go to someone's place and you're like, oh, well, like they have a pool and you're in the pool. And it's like kind of an odd experience because the pools are very nice. But there is a thing of like you say, let's get in the pool. And then you get in the pool and there's kind of the like, okay, now what? Question. (laughs)
1: What is the (laughs) next step here? Melissa, hang out, but wet. What was your thought?
2: Mine was in a totally different direction, and it wasn't necessarily my favorite pool scene, but it was like, as soon as you said pool, I thought- Is
0: it Lady in the Water?
2: No, it was Showgirls with Elizabeth Berkley, which is like a terrible movie. I can't
1: believe- And it has- I I want (laughs) to watch that. I still haven't seen it. I love that you've watched Showgirls.
2: Isn't that a Paul (laughs) Verhoeven movie? it. It is. It's not good. And it also has one of the worst sex scenes ever in anything, I think. And it's in a pool. And that was my first thought, which is very different than 8th grade. (laughs) Well, in a way, both horrifying. Yeah, just differently, but but all the same, horrifying.
0: Well, I'm sure we'll find some more horrifying pool sequences to talk about today.
1: (laughs) I I was about to say that. Welcome to We Love the Love, a Hollywood romance podcast. I'm Mark and I'm gay. And I'm Will and I'm a Ginger.
2: And I'm Melissa and I'm black. But somebody already made this joke.
0: (laughs) Still a good one. (laughs) Uh, This is an investigative (laughs) podcast committed to examining the most pressing, urgent issue of our day. Does Hollywood romance actually make any
1: sense? And are these people actually dateable or even likable?
0: It doesn't matter if their romance is a main plot or a one-scene flirtation. We'll dig in and see what's there. And this week, we've been joined uh, from across the country by our friend Melissa to talk about the 2020
2: Lifetime movie, Pool Boy Nightmare. I'm so excited to be here, but I'm both sad and happy that this was the movie that we <laughs> that You we all launched. but
0: requested this.
2: <laughs> I know. I, I, I was thinking like, oh, I definitely want to do The Mummy. And then I was like, oh, but Lifetime movie. It's a really tough choice. We
0: will have you back to do The Mummy. I want to be clear. Um, I assume we'll all talk about our Lifetime movie experiences. I had never seen one, and it has driven me to the point, for the first <laughs> time since, I believe, the night before Christmas, I will be drinking bourbon as we record this episode. <laughs>
1: I was going to ask, Will, you've never watched any Lifetime movies, right?
0: My knowledge of Lifetime movies is basically limited to Kidnapped by Danger, the Avery Jessup story.
1: I spent some time with Nick's family, and the whole time we were together, Jim had the Lifetime Movie Network on, which is a whole channel of just Lifetime movies on repeat. And it was just always on and always entertaining. I'd never seen a Lifetime movie before this, but we would be hanging out, having a few drinks, chatting, this is on in the background, and all of a sudden... (sighs) I'm fully invested in the twisted nanny and I have to figure out how the mom is going to convince the police that the nanny is poisoning her to make her seem like a bad mom to take custody of the children.
0: <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, and also not dissimilar from the movie we watched. No, they're not all the same. from
2: a lot of... <laughs> yeah, they're all the same.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I have no frame of reference. I literally just know 30 Rock parodies of Lifetime movies.
1: They're much closer than I realized. Similar?
0: Um, yeah, honestly, I do feel like this is pretty similar. Now, Melissa, you said you watched these a lot growing up.
2: Yeah, me and my mom definitely watched a ton of Lifetime movies, probably ones that I was too young to watch and just didn't really understand what was happening. Um, but I like, you know, the true crime ones are good, but I kind of like the mean girl ones, like stuff like the cheerleaders or like bullying a girl or or maybe like one of them's a murderer. That's always like a nice lifetime like spin like oh maybe someone's a murderer. I feel like that's always like a nice hook for these movies.
0: Do they ever do like a murder fake out like maybe one of them's a murderer but oh they're not, she's just mean?
2: I feel like Lifetime's not really strong at the fake out. Like it just feels yeah, they, like it is what it is. <laughs>
1: <and> they got <laughs> the to give it you the title like...
0: and they deliver exactly yeah. what they promise.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. There is a pregnancy-packed one that I kind of want to watch now.
0: I've seen that one. I've seen that one. (laughs) I heard about this last night when I was telling someone we were doing this episode, and they were saying that it is based on a true story.
1: Yeah, a lot of them are based on a true story, but I think it is very loosely used.
0: It's weird how much it feels like the TV Christmas movie industry of like, all right, let's find a title. And maybe our title is inspired by real life. But at some point, then, we're just going to take it and make whatever movie we want, and it'll probably be the most literal version of that title, and that's how you wind up with, like, Snowman's.
1: I mean, the Christmas movie industry is the direct offspring of the Lifetime movie. Yeah. There is, I feel, a strong link between them.
0: And, of course, Lifetime produces their own Christmas movies. We've covered Lifetime Christmas movies before.
1: Which one have we done that was Lifetime? Lifetime. I think Spirit of Christmas was the I think Spirit of Christmas was Lifetime, and that makes a lot of sense to me now, having seen a few of the Lifetime original movies.
2: Will does this make you want to watch like other Lifetime originals, non-Christmas? I mean, frankly,
0: it's the kind of thing where <laughs> I feel like if I were in Mark's situation, like if I were hanging out and these were on, I would like be happy to check in and out of them. This thing was eighty-six minutes. It moved through plot like a Shonda Rhimes show, and yet also <laughs> managed to feel long. I, I, I don't know amazed how. amazed that it was still going on. <laughs> that so is like, the I don't alchemy. I that these need to become a regular part of my diet, but, you know, put it on at a party. I'll sit down for a bit and check out <laughs> what's going on with, like, my neighbor raised murder hornets
2: yeah i but i feel like the runtime was perfect like i really hate long movies and so as soon as i sat down to watch this i was like this better be a cool 1 30 like it, that better be all it is and it's a perfect hour and 29 minutes yeah
0: available <laughs> of can- course to stream on a hoopla <laughs> <laughs> our favorite streaming service for lowbrow made for tv nonsense <laughs>
1: They also do ebooks too, which I find really interesting. Hoopla is a weird service.
0: It's very strange and I recommend it highly. You guys are never going to be sponsored by Hoopla. Look, we have burned a lot of sponsorship bridges. <laughs> um, this podcast has lost money and I have no reason to believe that will change.
1: Unless you're a. Uh, I would assume you would need to be a DC local business because we have a. S- geographically-centered audience.
0: Yeah, our best hope is that someone creates SquareApron.com, the all-in-one platform to deliver delicious website ingredients to your home, and then thinks that we are actually advertising them and sends us a check.
1: Don't we own that by now?
0: Um, I mean, we could argue that it is our intellectual property, but we don't formally own it in any sense.
1: I could have sworn you joked about buying it.
0: My girlfriend made the website for me for my birthday like a year and a half ago, but I believe it is no longer in existence, so somebody could snatch that up. Maybe I should do that right after this. <laughs> Look, if you want to send us a check, by all means. <laughs> if not, you'll see us in court.
1: If you know anyone on the advertising side of <laughs> Melissa, feel free to pass our show along.
2: <laughs> we will promote anything. Maybe Yeah, maybe I can grow your Bay Area audience. I'll, like, send this to all my friends. You guys can get some sponsorships.
0: Whatever, like, weird new product they're trying to get out, like, Google Teeth. I don't know. It's like Google Glasses, (laughs) but dentures. Um, We will happily promote that on this show.
2: I I can't comment on the potential for Google Teeth, um, but happy to pass this along. (laughs) If those come out in, like, two years, I'm coming back for you, and I want my money. (laughs)
0: So watching this movie, I have no research on this. It's a Lifetime movie, came out last year. Oh, yeah. Most of the people on their IMDb page, it says they're known for Pool Boy Nightmare. Uh, well,
1: this came out in September.
0: Yeah, but this episode comes out in January.
1: Oh, yes. Never mind.
0: <laughs> so have either of you ever listened to the podcast Porn Minus Porn?
1: No, I have not. <laughs> because that
0: is what I thought of during this movie. Uh, it's a podcast adapted from some live comedy theater. That used to happen in Chicago, where actors would just read the scripts from porn movies, and then anytime they got to a sex scene, they would just say, and they have sex, and move on to the next scene. And that is what this movie felt like to me. And, And I'm not just talking about, like, the acting, which is not very good. Like, the entire plot centers around sex scenes that we never really see. And also, like... The main guy's name is Adam Lance, which is a porn name. It's like set in an empty <laughs> mansion in the San Fernando Valley. Like, oh this my whole god, thing it is felt like watching porn, but not. <laughs> His name is Adam Lance.
1: They make a big deal out of the fact that she's eighteen too.
0: Yes,
2: that was another thing. Yes, they, like, they really want keep you to out of the way to be
0: like, don't worry, she's eighteen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing is, these movies I have found all of the acting talent comes from the lead. And maybe the villain.
2: I feel like there was one person who was pretty good, though. Okay, I
0: think Adam is the best performance in this movie. Yes. No. Tanner Zagarino, because he's the only person who is not asked to play a human being, <laughs> he's just asked to play a psychopath. And I think he does it pretty well, where like he has the alarming, emotionally volatile intensity that the character needs. And so that worked for me, especially in the second half of the movie, once he is clearly a lunatic.
2: I feel like we are really not shouting out Carlton, the pool man, who I think Uh, really had the best acting in the whole movie. You're
1: probably not wrong there.
0: (laughs) Okay, you are correct. Uh, I was saving the discussion of Carlton for who you would date in this movie. I'm assuming that will be everyone's answer.
2: (laughs) That's not my answer. It's not my answer, but I think Carlton is the contender. He's a contender.
1: I also truly loved Cindy, I have to say. From is her that the entrance, friend. No, that is the ex-husband's new girlfriend from, I uh, Cindy she...
0: read the room. Like he's <laughs> having a fight with his like separated wife about signing the divorce papers, and Cindy just walks in and is like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Cindy, no, what do you it's think best... is happening right now? Why do you <laughs> I... think you have come to this house? You think this is just, like, a happy check-in?
1: I loved that scene because she, like, timed it. She waited for her moment where Gail brought up, like, and who's the new girl of the month or whatever to her ex-husband. And that's when she just walks up and goes, Hi, I'm Cindy and owns it.
2: She does. Her timing was impeccable. So maybe shout out to Cindy. So the actor who plays Cindy, Valeria Gomez,
0: her performance is, like, 90% nodding in a way that, like, feels like... (laughs) back when I was like doing theater in high school and college like the worst version of the acting I did which was all like expression based like hmm, hmm, hmm. like because you don't know what to do with yourself when other people are talking
1: she's just constantly acting is reacting head nods
0: in different directions
1: I mean she handled her new boyfriend getting boiled alive and chlorine or whatever fairly yeah something like
2: mystery chemical
1: <laughs> I thought it was bleach it, I think it is I bleach think, I assumed bleach it was chlorine
0: I don't know what Bleach does to you.
2: I didn't think it would do that. He was really... He was messed up. So, besides, like, the
0: acting in this movie, which is bad, it's also just, like, poorly made in a lot of ways. Right,
2: I... I thought it would be so much better because it was recent, and it's not like Lifetime's production quality is always this low. Like, Okay, I so I don't like know. I, well, I really feel like some of them, like... Certainly Spirit of Christmas looked I, better than this. Right, like I've seen ones in high school that look better than this one, and I, I was really shocked that, like, some of the camera work, it felt like the camera was directly in their face, and they were trying to not trip over the cameraman as they were doing, <laughs> like, a poor Sorkin walk and talk. There were a bunch of, of
0: very awkward steady cam shots in this movie. Yeah. There's also like. The quality was low. The movie's called Pool Boy Nightmare. Obviously, the pool is going to be pretty important. That's the premise of our Cold Open. <laughs> and they chose a house that had a pool and a hot tub and a little waterfall from the hot tub to the pool. And the sound mix in this movie is terrible, where anytime people are talking by the pool, <laughs> the sound of that tiny little waterfall is like halfway drowning out all of the dialogue.
2: Also, it's not that nice of a pool. No. Well, it's, no, fine. I mean, it's, it's not that so nice of a pool. It's so fine.
0: <laughs> It's an empty McMansion with, like, the crap decor that they put in to sell the house. It looks like it was made by the Bluth Company.
1: (laughs) I mean, you don't come to these movies for quality. You come for a good time. And I had a very fun time watching this.
0: I did, too. I guess just, like, I was, like, Pool Boy Nightmare set in Southern California I mean, we watched The Holiday pretty recently, so I have, like, that vision of, like, big glamorous house, whereas this is, like, Sudden Valley dump.
1: No, this is a house that a porno scene probably started filming in right after. Like, the owners of this house are just constantly renting out to studios, I'm sure.
2: That's just Pool Boy Nightmare uncut. (laughs) Like, we just haven't seen that version. Everyone saw that the actor who played Adam
0: had a not terribly well-done uh, heart tattoo on his chest with yes. someone's
1: initials over the heart. Yes, I did notice that. I assume it's Adam Lance's mother's initials.
0: I mean, I yeah, I hope it's a character choice.
2: I was kind of surprised they didn't cover some of those up, but maybe that wasn't in the budget.
1: They can't that's afford a that makeup, much makeup. A movie
0: where you're jumping out into pools all the time. That's a lot to spend I on mean,
2: makeup. He jumped in the pools and was wet and then dry and then <laughs> like not. immediately and then... totally dry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, I yelled every scene where they would cut from him getting out of the pool to the next shot because his hair would be fully, completely blown dry. And I laughed every time.
0: Well, it's it's those curly locks that bring all the women to him.
1: I just was like... The scene that really sold me on this movie is when he was shirtless doing push-ups and chanting, She used me.
2: Yeah, yes, that was
1: After Gale breaks it off with him.
0: So we watched the trailer before this, like, when we were deciding which movie to do. And I assumed that was going to happen much later in the movie. like
1: Me too. Months.
0: And I think that's part of the weirdness of this movie is that, like... He gets totally fixated after having sex once.
1: That's honestly one of the things that I truly loved is they didn't even use the like magic of movies to make time go past. It was basically real time. They didn't have a montage of them building a relationship even before they had sex or anything where there would be a reason for him to develop this obsession. No, it just took one sex. Yeah, it's the day they meet. But he already had pictures of her, like, on that day. So I think he was stalking them before is the implication or something. I don't know.
2: Yeah, he was definitely stalking them before. But I feel like if they let time pass, I can't believe I'm, like, trying to cut this movie some slack. If they let time pass, then it, like, (laughs) makes sense how he would get obsessed. But we need to feel like he's truly off his rocker. And that's why it's just the one time. One really great time apparently
1: this won't come up in the romance discussion because it's not that related but i just want to really dig into the opening scene
0: oh well i mean i was jarred even before the movie started because i you know pull up the thing on hoopla and i hit borrow <laughs> and then i press play and it just like immediately starts with the monologue from the lady who gets killed in that first scene And I'm like, wait, no production logos? No, like, lead me into it? No establishing shot? Just immediately I have to pay attention to dialogue?
2: It's time for the movie. (laughs) Right, that's
0: the thing. Like, (laughs) this reminded me of uh, when I was in grad school. There was some assignment. I mean, we were studying education. But there was some assignment where we had to make movies. But there was, like, a hard five-minute time limit. And the movie I made was seven minutes. And so I was just like, any time where someone isn't speaking, we're cutting down. I even, like, sped up some scenes. And that's what this movie (laughs) felt like. It felt like they had sped it up. Mm -hmm to make sure it fit in the runtime.
1: So to me, the first sign that this movie would be absolutely insane is beyond that, after the call, the woman puts her towel down and then completely covers the towel with her swimsuit cover and then puts her phone right on top of that, which is basically the opposite order of how you want (laughs) to leave a pool. You don't want to immediately get your wet hands all over stuff to get your towel and I saw this and I was like huh? And then she gets held underwater by a pool skimmer, which have no maneuverability or force behind them. And I was just very throat off.
0: I mean, that would be very alarming and upsetting.
1: It would, but he's like holding her under the water. And I don't know if you've used a pool skimmer, but they are designed to skim.
2: Not, not drown. <laughs> yeah. I also noticed in that scene, and then a couple of other times throughout, is like, they really didn't use like pool chairs very often. Like everyone just put all all of their stuff right next to <laughs> the pool or like sat on the ground, like next to the pool. And they
0: did have pool chairs. Cause there's that one scene where Becca and her friend are like chilling in the pool chairs and the friend gets mad.
2: Yeah. But th- that was the first time I noticed like, Oh, they do have chairs. <laughs> they just, I guess don't want them for some of these scenes.
1: I want to ask, did you guys think that the opening scene was going to be an in-media res thing, or did you assume it was a different woman?
0: Yeah, I thought that was the end of the movie, and then we were going to like flashback and maybe go a little beyond and like see the pool boy nightmare end with his, I don't know, murder. So yeah, it took me a little while to figure it out. I mean, basically, once they mentioned that the previous occupant had died I was like okay I get where we are
2: I feel like I knew that it was a different victim if only because I like really trained myself for this is a lifetime movie so like it's really not gonna take you on that many <laughs> twists and turns but I guess from watching tons of other stuff there were moments throughout where I was like oh this is gonna be the twist or this is gonna happen and no it just really was what it was
0: it is exactly what it promises
1: I just don't understand why, I guess the point is that they looked similar, but they looked too similar, the actress that was killed (laughs) and the lead actress, because I couldn't tell them apart.
0: They look too similar considering how little we see of the first woman.
1: Right. I guess it would make even more sense if eventually we saw a picture of Adam's mom and she looked just like these women. But I just couldn't tell. I was like, ah, yes, the pretty middle-aged white woman with blonde hair. That must be the lead of the movie. And it was, but it was a different pretty (laughs) middle-aged white woman with blonde hair.
0: All right, well, should we talk about the romance of The Pool Boy Nightmare? Because I feel like we're going deep on all of the many ways that it is just banana pants.
1: Yeah, I think we should start talking about it because I have... Some great quotes that I have pulled, and I'm very excited to dig into them.
0: Oh, good! I wrote some down. Unfortunately, uh, and unsurprisingly, the IMDb trivia and quotes page are blank. However, the Goofs page is not, <laughs> <laughs> which really sums up this movie. That's you know, the Goofs amazing. page points out things like. When Adam beats himself up to make it look like Tony rubbed <gasps> him up, his body yes. is covered in bruises. In the next scene in which he is shown shirtless, his body has no bruises.
2: <laughs> He's totally fine. Like, not a single even, like, attempt at a bruise.
0: Or, like, when Adam and Gail have sex, he has a two-day growth of beard outside at the pool patio. He is clean-shaven while they're in bed and has the beard again once they go outside. I... So our goofs are covered. <laughs>
1: I love this movie because they put so little effort into this one. Wait, those are the only two goofs? There were so many more goofs. Come on, IMDb. Those are the
0: only two identified goofs.
1: Also, someone gave this a review of three stars with unrealistic storyline on IMDb.
0: (laughs) Three stars, though. That's not nothing. Um, It does have a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb, so it has that going for it. That feels high. It does feel (laughs) high. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it does feel high.
0: I gave it one half star out of five on
1: Letterboxd.
2: <laughs> oh, I need, to, I need to add that to mine.
1: All right. So should we start discussing the romance of this movie now? I think we must. Okay. So every week, we break down the romantic plot line of a movie into five points to help guide the conversation and keep us on track. So Melissa, as our guest, will you please introduce point one?
2: Yes. Point one that I have is the initial attraction.
1: I'm Adam Lance. I clean holes in this area.
2: Let's see what you can do.
1: I don't think you're going to be
0: disappointed.
2: Which I thought was notable because I feel like the first kind of feelings you get to me are from Gail to Adam, not necessarily from Adam to Gail because she looks at his butt crack, which I don't know how that is like appealing to her, but she like kind of checks out his butt crack. And then from there, the attraction follows.
0: All right. I got two objections right off the bat. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you've listened to to enough of this to know that every episode where we have a guest, the guest logically starts it at the start of the romance, and I always derail it with some earlier objection that I have.
2: So I know this. And I actually thought this when I was trying to figure out what these five points were. And then as I was like, okay, let me think of anything that's sort of like going to be the bedrock of this romance before it starts. And then I was like, you know what? This movie is an hour and a half long. And so Will (laughs) is going to get the start of the romance at the start of the romance because there's not much, there's not a ton of meat before this moment.
0: It's not a romance objection. It's just that the character's name is Gale and it's spelled (laughs) G-A-L-E.
2: Do you feel like it has to be G A I O? It doesn't look. Nothing
0: has to be anything. <laughs> like words are made up. I just think it's odd, and it feels like a choice. If a Lifetime movie is gonna name somebody Gale spelled like a storm, you know, I want them to play with
2: it. You know, give me some puns. I think you're doing too much. I think you really need to watch more Lifetime movies <laughs> to like set the set the tone for you.
1: Yeah, you have to realize most of these decisions were made by an algorithm.
2: That is true. <laughs> Okay, my
0: other big question is this: Is Adam hot? No,
1: no, they're <laughs> never
0: hot. Adam, well, no no, that was the other thing i like I kept watching him like when everyone was like leering at him when he'd take off his shirt, I'd be like, he's clearly in better shape than I am, but like if you look at his body, he doesn't look that much better than I do.
2: no, Adam is not hot enough for what happens in this movie. like he's not hot enough for any of that. I mean, maybe you know it was a very vulnerable moment for Gail. Like, when they do, you know, that'll be a later point in the romance. But he's definitely not hot enough for any of this. He just looks like a guy, which is fine. It's totally fine to just be, like, a normal guy, but not hot enough.
1: None of the Lifetime or Christmas movie lead actors are ever hot enough to justify the action within the film.
2: But,
0: like, Snowman's, we keep coming back to our other Hoopla movie, was an example of a movie where I thought that people were not, like, unbelievably hot, and the movie with the exception of the titular snowman, for the most part, didn't treat them like they were unbelievably
1: hot. But the movie treated the snowman like he was much hotter than he was. My imagination is just
0: that any anthropomorphic snowman is going to have some real charisma to him.
1: (laughs) Some real magic.
2: Yeah. I feel like I need to watch this movie now. Honestly- you're saying there's a hot snowman.
0: Well, there's not a hot snowman. There's a snowman that the movie thinks is hot. I recommend it.
1: I would watch snow- I, like- Get a bottle of wine or a bottle of bourbon, crack it open, turn on your hoopla and borrow of snowmans and you're in for a treat.
2: The snowman does not even look like a good snowman on like the promo, like the poster <laughs> no, for snowmans. Not. Yeah, these I, the actors in Snowman's are like, yeah, they're they're normal. They're like, you know, they're people.
0: Right. But in this movie, like everyone's leering at, at old Adam Lance all the time. So anyway, um, yeah, so Gail and Tony have just gotten divorced. They've moved, uh Gail and her daughter Becca, who is 18, don't worry, have moved into this <laughs> empty San Fernando Valley mansion and the mysterious pool boy is like hanging out outside, banging the skimmer against the window.
1: Yeah, the pool boy is just like there.
0: He has like kind of a plausible cover story, though, which is that he was paid by the like real estate agency and they didn't tell him the house sold.
1: I think what that is my favorite touches in this movie and the only real twist he is not a good pool boy. They threw in that, <laughs> that- detail and it tickled me so much. Like, the fact that he is a bad pool boy on top of everything else really just, I cackled.
2: And I think that that kind of goes back to Will's point about he isn't hot enough for this. Because to me, throughout the movie, I kept thinking, that pool looks kind of gross. Like, that pool looks not good. He's not doing a a good job. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I love (laughs) that it wasn't they were lazy and didn't actually clean the titular pool. Like...
1: It was a plot choice to not clean the pool. <laughs> that or they added in the line about him being a bad pool boy to cover up the fact that they didn't want to have a clean pool in a movie called Pool Boy Nightmare. The real nightmare is how dirty that pool was. <laughs>
0: Whoa. Alright, we also gotta talk about um we gotta talk about Gail's ringer. Because in Gail's first scene in the movie Her daughter from upstairs is like, your phone is ringing. And then we track Gail through the house. So her phone is on another floor on the other side of the house. And the daughter is like giving her mom a heads up that the phone is ringing. What is this thing at? Like rock concert decibels?
1: (laughs) I also love that her phone is making such a loud noise and she still can't find it for the life of her.
0: Ultimately, it's an example of the bad sound mix in this movie. Like a real phone is not ringing. That's a sound effect that they have not properly leveled.
2: I also thought the phone cover for like multiple of the phones were this was the same. And I was like, did they only have one phone I that think so. they could use for the whole whole movie?
1: The best sound moment in this movie is when I think Adam's putting sunscreen on Becca, maybe, and it sounds like he's rubbing sand on her. <laughs> Why was it so dry sounding? <laughs> It was the weirdest moment cuz you expect it to be a liquid sound but no the twist of the film is that it's a dry powder sunscreen I guess
0: it's it's like um just add water pancake mix you rub it all over your body, and then when you jump in the water in the water, it turns into sunscreen.
1: And you know, it really took me out of this movie that I was just so deeply involved in the world, you know? I was so invested in this one minor mistake really took me out of the world, and it was very sad. Anyway, point one.
0: <laughs> um, I think the only other the, the big important thing that happens in point one is that Gail's daughter Becca also sees the pool boy and thinks he's hot to the point that she calls up her friend and delivers the immortal romantic line <laughs> for the ages. You've heard of Prince Charming, right? I just met Prince Gorgeous.
1: I think I'm in and love so right
0: now. I need to know, everyone, what is your prince name? Ooh. I, of course, am Prince Tangent, as evidenced by this episode.
2: That's tough. I kind of want to be. I don't know. Maybe I've just been listening to so much Meg the Stallion, but I want to be Prince Hot Girl. If we're keeping all of the hotness, great, as a do theme. it
1: my first thought was unfortunately prince unemployed Oh no! <laughs> so you know where my mindset is at these days
0: oh well um you know there might be some uh some pool boy jobs opening up now that adam is <laughs> behind bars
1: uh i spend all of my time taking care of the dog and writing cover letters that is what it feels like so i could also be prince Dog Dad, because I am such a stereotypical Dog Dad at this point. Love it.
2: I like Prince Dog Dad. So does this take us to point number two? Yep. I think it does, which is the moment of weakness. You're so stressed.
0: Maybe I can help with that too.
2: Where, for the only time in the entire movie... Incredible. Gail and Adam <laughs> have sex. And, and her the strap to her dress killed me that entire <laughs> scene. Like, I just like... This oh is my God. Un- unsexiest sex scene ever. Like, I know I talked about showgirls earlier. This is almost worse, I think.
1: I, I had to look away. I can't pay attention. It's the least hot sequence. <laughs> I can't pay attention to most heterosexual sex scenes in movies. And this one, I, like, actively looked away for a lot of it.
0: I just love the pretense of, like, oh, can you help me hook up my TV? And I only have the one in the
1: bedroom. Also, I just love that the TV, once it's hooked up, is a pool. Like, yes, scene I kind of was pool. like, is this
2: a meta kind of moment right now? Like, I what was is paying attention.
0: Movie? I kind of wanted to go back and check afterwards. I was like, is this a scene from this movie?
2: I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it, think was. it was. That would have been incredible. But they even really by that point, like 15 everything. minutes
0: into the movie, I was like, I don't trust this not <laughs> to just be using itself as a movie.
1: <laughs> so I think that it's important to know how Gail's ex husband apparently cheated on her a lot and has made her feel really ugly and that is why she falls for Adam's seduction.
0: Right, because he tells her how beautiful she is.
2: I just feel like Gail should have known better. Like it just feels like she's a high-powered executive in some industry that it took me a little bit to figure out what it okay. might be. <laughs>
0: what is Gail's job?
2: Because marketing. It, sounds, it has to be marketing. It, it sounds for
0: marketing. most of the movie like she works as like a partner at a law firm. And then at some point we see her in her office where she has the meanest boss <laughs> in the, the world. The worst, <laughs> worst boss in the world. The building says jump creative outside. And yeah, her boss has a draconian policy of never mention your personal life.
1: (laughs) I lost it when Gail was like, basically, I have a stalker and I'm working on getting a restraining order. And her boss is just like, well, if you don't get your personal life out of the office, you're fired.
2: But I couldn't quite what? get, like, the first time we see the boss on FaceTime or whatever they were kind of video conferencing, I couldn't tell if she was going to be mean or not. Because I felt like everything she was saying in a different tone of voice was actually really pleasant. Like, oh, you know, you have emergencies, those things happen, like, don't worry about it. I think and that's then it the just point. Flipped. I think, like, we're
0: supposed to be unsure, like, what Gail's position is there. So that we're not like, wow, she's about to get fired. We're just like kind of nervous. Now I'm the one giving the movie too much credit. We're kind of (laughs) nervous when she gets to work and we're like, oh, what's going on? Like boss is leading her to her office. Like, oh crap. Adam sent a bunch of little bags of something (laughs) to her. (laughs) and Now she's going to get fired over it because it's a personal thing. Like, does this boss just like issue tons of pink slips on Valentine's days when people's significant others like send flowers to
2: work? She probably laid down the law on your day one. Don't have your significant other send anything here for any holiday, anniversary, birthday, ever. This is not that kind of office. But she's definitely in marketing. That was my that's my belief. That jump
1: creative definitely sounds like marketing.
2: And she said at one point she was working on a big campaign, and I was like, okay, she's definitely not in politics. It does feel like,
0: you know, this movie came out in 2020. A key plot point involves Gale having to go home to pick up a flash drive. Like, they don't have any, like, (laughs) (laughs) cloud-based file-saving stuff. I didn't even put that together. Like, when's the last time you used a flash drive?
1: I'm so used to watching these movies from the early 2000s, where I just accepted that as normal, leaving a flash drive at home. Like, a lot of computers don't even come with that USB port anymore. Right.
2: Right. No, they don't, which I learned as we were planning to film this <laughs> on my Mac. Um, I didn't really get either why they seem to only work on the weekends. Like it was <laughs> right. like every Sunday she had to go to her boss's house, not even to the office, but to like her boss's house. I assumed Sunday something
0: skeevy was going on.
2: Right? I don't like this workplace. Toxic workplace. Um, the other thing that I did about this sex scene is I really thought it would get a little bit steamier. Because it's yes! like, Lifetime has, they have movies with some kind of steamy moments. And this was just like, not only unsexy, but it's like, you don't you don't see much. Nothing really happens. They kind of like intersperse like a cut of them together while like Becca's talking, but they only do it once. It's just like no steam. None of that kind of soapy
0: And again, it's like the, the least erotic thing you've ever right. seen in your life. Where like, You know, everyone's fully clothed. Maybe Adam's shirt is off. I don't know. That thing's off a lot.
2: Adam's shirt was definitely off. Like, you get the sense that there
0: is some, like, slightly aggressive kissing. And that's all that takes place. And that's how I feel with the whole movie. Like, later on, when Adam starts dating Becca, Becca comes home after the first date. And her mom's like, what did you do with him? And Becca's like, we did everything. And I'm like, nothing that has happened has convinced me that the two of you had (laughs) sex. I think I'm supposed supposed to to believe that you
1: had sex. No, but I, I assumed you don't weren't believe it. I assumed you weren't supposed to believe it, and she was just saying it to piss her mom off.
0: I don't know. <laughs> Confusion. <laughs> because the movie is so unsexy. I don't trust it to signal whether or not sex took place.
1: But Adam is so like he believes that Gail is still in love with him. So I figured he wouldn't actually have sex with Becca because he that thinks. He That's thinks fair. that Gale will end up with him in the end.
2: That's fair. Well, I think that does bring us to the third point, which happens immediately after the second <laughs> immediately point. Immediately so after. It's, like it's not like he betrayal. spent the night.
1: It is like they are toweling off afterwards, and she's like, Right, it's like hey.
2: afternoon delight time for the betrayal immediately after. No like honeymoon five seconds, no like, cuddling betrayal time. She's over him. Uh, She used me. Uh, She used me.
0: And it's the kind of thing, again, where it could be done, frankly, better of, you know, after they do it the first time, Gail's like, oh, we really shouldn't have done this. And Adam's like, but wasn't it good? And then, like, we see that happen a couple of times before she finally puts her foot down. But instead, it's like, they have sex one time. Gail's like, we should never do this again. And then that's it. They never do it again.
2: I know. I feel like this movie really, like, I mean, a lot of the movies you guys have done up here... Stretches the definition of romance because I feel like part of the romance, or at least how I would interpret, is a little bit of the longing, the waiting, the want. There's none of that. It's like you want it, you get it, you don't want it anymore, you're done with it. That's it.
1: There is is no romance in this movie.
2: I mean, and it's all he just goes. I mean, I know he's supposed to be like really out of it, but he really goes from zero to one hundred immediately. We're also
1: at like minute fifteen at this point too.
2: That's the thing like in this section, the, the betrayal section,
0: Adam feels betrayed that he had sex with Gail and now she doesn't want to be with him. We cut to him doing shirtless push-ups, and just every time he gives a push up, he goes, she used me. Push up. She used me. Push up. She used me. And it's I checked and I'm like, this is 23 minutes into this movie. We've had like two commercial breaks. And already, this guy is acting, you know, like an incel, but he just got laid. Like,
2: it was one time. (laughs) Because he doesn't just want the sex, Will. He wants the relationship, the love, and Gail just can't give that to him. And he
1: also has a bunch of pictures of her on his wall.
0: Right, with, like, garland strung between them. Like, it looks like Christmas decorations, but by a stalker.
1: (laughs) I think this already brings us to point four.
2: I really think it does. This movie moves, like, at a quick clip.
0: What do you think you're doing with my daughter? Are you trying to date her to make you jealous?
1: But this is the point where I found the movie dragged the most because there is a solid two minutes, I didn't actually time it, of Adam and Becca just walking around an aquarium. There is so much time at that aquarium. There is something
0: very birdemic about this movie. <laughs> In terms of the wooden dialogue, the bad acting the bad sound mix and yeah they're just like we're just wandering around California for a while And sometimes the transportation isn't going to make any sense. Like Becca biking between locations in the San Fernando Valley on that little blue bicycle.
2: Yeah. It took me a minute, though, to realize where exactly they were. Like, I knew they were in Southern California, but I didn't, because of all of those mistakes, couldn't quite grasp, like, where they could possibly be to make all of that possible.
0: Nowhere. They could be on the moon (laughs) to make
2: that possible. (laughs) well yes that's point four this movie is
0: set in the sea of tranquility that's the pool
2: (laughs) (laughs) the distraction um yeah when adam is pursuing becca but also doing this to maybe feel close to gail because there's a i think the creepiest line in this movie is when he's like let me see what your mom like birthed or something like that and that really horrifying uh, (laughs) horrible (laughs) oh
0: oh, god (laughs) And Becca is like, yo, it's really weird that you said that. And he's like, no, it's amazing. Your mom is amazing. And you
1: came out of her.
2: Definitely like one of the most horrifying things I think I've ever heard. Ever.
1: I also absolutely hated it's open for business anytime you feel like getting wet.
2: There were a lot of like wet kind of like comments from Adam to Becca. He had another one that was a little weird. I mean, he's weird, but.
0: I mean, there was even, like, when Adam is, like, pitching himself to Gail as, like, I should be your pool boy. Like, I clean the pool. She's cool like, yeah, man. I guess. And he goes, oh, don't worry. I clean up nice. Like, he's hitting on her immediately with the pun of, like, I clean up the pool. I clean up myself to look like a hottie who can kidnap you and then make you a nice dinner.
2: Doesn't He also says something to Becca, too, about when she comes back with the ice cream and it's, like, dripping or something. And he's, I don't know. I don't even want to try and... I have
0: never seen a thing that was less empty than those tubs (laughs) of alleged ice cream. Like, everybody knows I love playing the empty cup game, pointing out cups of coffee that are empty. Uh, If you watch movies with me and somebody's like, hey, I brought you a cup of coffee, and someone goes, thanks, I'll, like, shout, don't thank him, that cup is empty. Uh, But those ice cream tubs, she's, like, holding them by the lip and waving them around in the air.
2: But they're still dripping,
0: and... You That's know, the only ice for, cream
2: in the scene is the stuff. the, dripping is off the, the ice side? cream on the side. <laughs> poor Becca though. I mean she I mean not poor Becca, I guess. Her friends. No, Becca's her mom, awful. Like everyone tried to tell her. <laughs> Becca is kind of awful, yeah. She I mean, but she's a teenager kind of. I don't know, she's eighteen. But I feel
1: like by eighteen you should know better than to say, like, maybe if you put on lipstick, dad wouldn't have cheated on you.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> She also just like I feel like Jackie is a good friend to Becca, but Becca just wasn't trying to hear. It. Also, I don't really understand. There was one thing that I thought was weird. They kept bringing up is like that his name is Adam Lance, like Lancelot, like Prince Lancelot, and I'm like I don't think anyone else is making this connection, but Jackie.
0: Everyone else <laughs> thought of like Lance like a penis.
2: <laughs> I
0: wait, I didn't, but now Guys, I know. Jackie's well, because just... I was watching this movie and thinking it looked like porn. So
1: <laughs> Jackie's just looking for her Prince Charming. She doesn't need the Prince Hottie? What is it? Prince Gorgeous. Prince Gorgeous.
0: I loved, again, circling back to Birdemic comparisons, when Adam and Becca, like, arranged to go on a date. And he offers her lunch or dinner. She decides on lunch, and he says, sounds like a date. And then they part ways without agreeing to a time or place, and they don't have each other's phone numbers.
1: You know what's the biggest twist of all of this movie? Jackie lived. Like, I don't understand how Jackie survived. Adam should have done a lot better with that.
2: Totally, because, you know, in the same way that there's only one sex scene, there's only, well, there's, like, the murder of the first woman, Rhonda. Yeah, which is
0: gruesome.
2: It's pretty gruesome. And then there's another murder, but I really was shocked that Jackie wasn't going to be, you know,
1: done. I also thought Tony was going to die. He pushed her in a dry pool and she broke her leg. And that was the extent of it with Jackie. He poured bleach into the hot tub of the ex-husband to the point where his eyes bled. But Jackie, just a light shove into a dry
2: pool. (laughs) Do you also, why didn't Tony like smell the bleach? Like, why didn't he notice at all that something could have been different about this hot tub before he got in it?
1: It feels a little hotter than usual. <laughs> a
2: little bleachier than my usual. Well, <laughs> <little> spicy. Uh, <laughs> poor Tony. Actually, I think Tony might be the hottest person in the movie. Really? I, I don't say, think I was I too blinded by his l-
0: personality to think he was attractive.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a low bar, but I think he's probably the most good looking.
0: He's got like a nice chunky kind of look.
2: You know, that's that's my vibe. I like that. So should we go to the last point? Uh,
0: yeah, let's do it. Somewhere along the way, you know, Adam is hooking up with Becca. Gail keeps trying to tell him to back off. Like, stay away from my daughter. Stay away from my family. She's, like, doing some, like, criminal investigation, trying to figure yeah. out if Adam murdered the lady from the beginning of the movie, which he did.
1: The pool professional finds a tooth in the drain after Adam puts a rat in it.
2: Carlton, the MVP of this movie. The real MVP is Carlton.
0: Right. And Carlton used to be the pool man at the house pool boy versus pool man is a disputed title in this movie
2: when does one become a pool man when they actually are good at cleaning the pool (laughs) well when you
0: have to wear a uniform 25 he should be a pool man
2: okay 25 is the age of um pool maturity
0: (laughs) and then carlton was fired and replaced with adam by the previous woman who then rumors abounded in this suburban California neighborhood <laughs> of gated mini mansions where people definitely don't talk to each other that she was banging the pool boy.
2: And also, would they have been talking to Carlton about it? Like, I just thought he was... I really enjoyed him, but he felt like a really random addition.
1: He knew a little I think too like much. it's conceivable
0: if people are like, yo, do you know what's going on with, like, uh, you know, Henrietta's pool? And <laughs> he's like, oh, no, I don't work there anymore. And they're like, yeah, I heard she's banging her new pool boy. Like, I think that's plausible. But... I just don't believe that this neighborhood is that gossipy. I don't think they know each other.
2: Yeah, because all those houses are probably, like, empty. Like, there's just no one else in this neighborhood. (laughs) But yeah, I guess then the fifth one that I called out is the final confrontation. Which, again, happens, like, very quickly after... Like, once this movie gets going, it's going. But when Gail tells Adam... That she knows that he killed Rhonda, the first woman.
0: I'd get rid of everybody who stood in our way, so we
2: can
1: be happy. Oh, get
2: and then he attacks her. And Carlton. And Becca. Poor Carlton. Poor Carlton. R.I.P. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think he was dead initially, but then I saw his eyes were open. And yeah, so I, I
0: thought his face dead. just got, you know, I thought he got knocked out the way that like Same. Gail and Becca get knocked out. Like Gail just falls on the floor and then she's like knocked out for hours so I assumed that Carlton was going to have a similar issue, but no, he was murdered.
1: She is knocked out (laughs) long enough for Carlton to be dumped in the pool, her daughter to be tied up and tied to the bottom of the pool while it's starting to be filled, and then also cook a nice meal for Gail.
0: Cook a nice meal, fill the house with candles, like drape flower petals around. Change her
2: outfit. Yeah. Like, he really did the whole thing. She's clearly
0: out for like four hours from it's a falling long on the time. Floor.
2: I do wonder though, like there was a moment that I didn't really get is when she finally tells Becca that her and Adam had sex and then she's like, okay, we have to go. Let's pack up all of our stuff and leave. Why does Becca change her outfit? Because she's like, I didn't get that
1: at all. <laughs> she's, she's stupid. Sw- That's why. <laughs> she took off a perfectly fine outfit to put on a hot yeah. pink turtleneck in Southern California
2: in what seems to be the summer. It's the pool season. <laughs> I just really didn't. I thought like, oh, maybe she was putting on like leggings and like athleisure in case she had to fight or something. But no, she was putting on just jeans and a turtleneck.
0: Yeah. Beck is a dummy. She is a dummy.
2: But they actually, but their plan to trap him, I feel like was pretty smart. Like it was elaborate, but smart. Put the water on the floor. He runs in, he falls into the tub, and then we threatened to electrocute him. It like, it worked I like pretty that. well.
0: I liked when he's in the tub and she's holding the hairdryer over the tub, threatening to drop it in to murder him.
2: Yeah, that
1: was pretty cool.
0: I did not like the fact that Adam, who has successfully committed murder at the start of the movie, and we watched how very deliberately he did it, then they're going to nail him for the Tony thing because he didn't wear gloves when he like showed up totally in black to pour bleach in the pool. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he did get pretty messy with this whole situation, which I feel like if they had maybe made it clear like that Gail was somehow special, like she was different than Rhonda or maybe other victims that he had, it would have worked for why he was so sloppy, mm-hmm. but it didn't really make sense why he got so terrible at the murders.
0: Right. She's clearly just another blonde woman that he's been with after right. Rhonda and his mom, because we didn't mention like this whole fixation starts. Uh, he and his mom, who he's probably having sex with, definitely having sex with collaborated to murder his father
2: he had a tough life not making excuses for him but that
0: is a lot melissa we know that you are pro adam okay <laughs> we, we've gotten <laughs> that out of the way you think he's a hottie you think he got a bad deal and gail just should have gone with him and had the nice dinner
2: exactly that's what i'm gonna say later that's what 100%. do you think he made her
0: like a lasagna?
2: No, definitely like a roast chicken or something. Just something like a throw it in the oven kind of deal. No real work.
1: <laughs> a rotisserie chicken from Walmart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wanted it to be like a Stouffer's like, mac and cheese. Uh, I mean, they get at him. He gets arrested. Yeah. The movie.
2: <laughs> I thought he would die. I really thought that he would die.
0: I thought that like the
1: sense of karmic justice of the universe would require him to die. Right. I feel like Lifetime movies usually end with an arrest rather than a death.
2: Do you think they're making a statement with that?
1: I hope they're making a sequel with that. (laughs) Pool Boy Nightmare 2,
0: Tool Boy Nightmare, where the P is now a 2.
1: I think the feisty blonde women that lead these movies have to maintain their innocence and can't commit murder. So let Becca kill him.
2: She's a brunette. Yeah, (laughs) she's a brunette. That usually
1: means they're a bad guy in these movies. All right, so after watching the nightmare unfold... (laughs) do do you find well it's not really a romance but just like general believability vibes of this movie obviously not (laughs) obviously not. no
2: no that's no place that's not what
1: they're going for like there's no effort to make this a believable story and i don't need it
0: so there is like sort of things that we could plausibly call romance i think the adam becca thing even if it's bad is defendably romance
1: yeah that's fair and i guess if you take the movie at its word that he is hot, then I can understand Becca behaving this way to an extent. But again, he's not hot enough for her to like ruin her relationship with her mother.
2: But is he is he hot for the area, you know? Like is he a California? But that particular part, I don't know what they look like in that particular part, but like maybe he's a San Fernando Valley 10.
1: They're way too close to LA for him to be considered for him attractive. To be
2: hot. I'm just trying to maybe work it out for Gail. Make it make some sense, but
1: I think it makes sense for Gail. She was in a vulnerable place and he was there. Becca on the other hand.
2: She could've she definitely could have hired a hotter pool boy. Like Gail she was attractive. (laughs) She could have did better than Adam.
1: Adam was uh, there. Every
0: week we rate the believability of a movie's romance on a ten point scale where zero means we believe none of it, and ten means we believe all of it. So Melissa, I'm wondering where you would put pool boy nightmare. 0.5
2: maybe like i feel like i can believe the singular part of gail is attracted to her pool boy and he would be equally attracted and that they could have sex that's it that like 30 seconds in the movie is the only believable part to me
1: i could kind of see the adam and becca stuff too so it's not a zero
2: I feel like Will was like, I'm about to say zero.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not about to say zero because you, uh, Melissa, you persuaded me of that point. I think that's true. I agree with Mark as well. I do think Cindy is implausibly oblivious. <laughs> so I think I'm going to give it a one.
1: Cindy or Jackie?
0: Uh, I meant Cindy. Uh, okay. The, the new squeeze of oh Tony. ex-husband Tony.
1: Yeah, I think a one feels right.
0: Okay. Now, Melissa, this is an important question. Would you date Gail or Adam or Becca?
2: Absolutely not. None of them.
0: Adam's a murderer. This podcast is famously anti-murder. Oh, it's a strong moral stand that we've <laughs> taken.
2: <laughs> but it's also like, even if you weren't strongly anti-murder, it's just still a no for Adam. Like, I didn't quite get the whole like he's just unappealing in all facets to me. He really has You're nothing not going for him.
0: Lured in by his large scorpion tattoo?
2: No. Maybe if he had a like a better tattoo, I don't know. There's really nothing going for Adam for me. Like no, no shade about being a pool boy. That's fine. Like, but he's not a good one. So he's not even like a good pool boy. He's not that hot. And yeah, there's the murder. And then Gail is just. I think if you Gale were in needs- charge
0: of cleaning my pool. I'd be having nightmares.
1: <laughs> Gail is a Gale? mess throughout this whole. She is movie. a mess.
2: She needs to get her life together and then, like, maybe. but and she get is, a
0: new job.
2: Yeah, get a new job. Maybe not such a big house for just you and Becca. Like, I don't know. Don't talk to Tony at all. Don't sleep with the pool boy. Like, she needs friends. I think maybe if Gail had friends, she could be dateable.
0: That is a very good point. That is exactly what she needs.
2: That's the only thing. She needs to get friends. Because that's also the kind of, I thought, a weird thing about this movie is you... Don't really see Gail with anyone else. Like, there's no counsel for her about, like, what to do about the pool boy or, like, how to handle Tony. She has absolutely no friends. No. Well, support.
0: as we continue to imagine, like, a better version of this movie, I think it's possible to imagine the version where, you know, we're told that Tony's douchebag argument for why they split up, for why he started cheating, is that she was working too hard It's easy to imagine the combination of her work and, like, Tony being a bad dude has isolated her to the point that she doesn't have close relationships.
2: I think that's fair. But, I mean, not even, like, one, like, a sister, you know, or, like, a...
1: Sassy gay co-worker.
2: Well, I kind of, I expected, again, with Lifetime being Lifetime, for her to have at least one sort of best friend that clicked some box of, like kind of offensive but it or wasn't like maybe
1: it's the
0: friend who is like yo this pool boy seems messed up
2: yeah and I mean but she didn't have a jackie she doesn't have anyone. yeah
1: there can only be one best friend in a movie regardless of the amount of characters that need friends
2: right it's got to be mark or me <laughs> we're, the, we're the best <laughs> friends
1: all right now if you did have to pick one
0: person to date in this movie melissa since you've just thrown out those three who would you date
2: it is Greg, Jackie's coworker, who bought her free ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he was like, here's some ice cream, I was like, that's it. He's tall, he's kind of cute, Greg. But if I have to pick somebody who has like more of a speaking role.
1: No, Greg is acceptable.
2: Does he okay, then Greg. He's my choice.
1: My thought was the doctor that delivers the bad news to Cindy because he's not on screen <laughs> long enough to leave a real presence. <laughs> This is becoming a trend with you. Well, we keep watching movies with no characters that are worth dating. Yeah, uh, I'm going
0: with Carlton. He seems like a nice, friendly guy. He's up on the gossip. And, like, I'm not a gossiper myself, but I love hearing it. So, Carlton seems like my dude.
2: And he he can clean a pool well. He works for a company, or maybe he owns the company even, or owned. All right. Yeah, well, he's dead now.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, the next question is irrelevant. Gail and Adam will not stay together. He is in jail.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and nobody should stay together there. Absolutely not. Uh, The really important question is, many of the movies we've discussed on this podcast have been adapted into stage musicals. And so the question is, should the return of Broadway include Pool Boy Nightmare, colon, the musical?
1: I would get really drunk and watch a musical version of this at a small off-Broadway theater in New York.
2: I love that. I love that vibe, that visual. Like I see myself there with you, but I don't think this should, I think this should just not ever be seen or heard of or discussed ever again, (laughs) but if it had to be, a musical works.
0: Yeah. Like Mark, I think you're onto a thing, which is that like, if the musical existed, obviously I would watch it. But the answer (laughs) to the question, should it exist is obviously no.
1: Yeah. That's a great way of describing the situation. Oh my God. All right, I think that's about it for Pool Boy Nightmare. And we have dissected probably every minute of this movie because they are all insane. And I'm delighted to have done it. Yes, I'm glad you've now watched a Lifetime original, Will.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe we'll do another one. Melissa, we will certainly have you back on to talk about The Mummy sometime in the spring.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Something that is actually pretty good. It has one of, in my opinion, one of the greatest romances. I've never seen it. Ever.
1: You haven't seen it, Will? Oh my I have gosh. not seen The Mummy
0: from the 1930s. I have not seen The Mummy from the 2000s. And I have not seen The Mummy from the 2010s, which was a part of the Dark Universe.
2: Wow.
1: Part really wants you to first watch the Tom Cruise one.
0: Just to like... No. Just to <laughs> <have> you know <laughs> I am the biggest Dark Universe fan.
1: I kind of want to watch it. I know it's bad and I know it's not fun to watch, but I want to watch the start of the Dark Universe.
2: I've seen the Tom Cruise one. It's not awful. Like, I would watch that over Pool Boy Nightmare, but I don't know if that <laughs> says anything.
0: <laughs> Just, like, how good is Russell Crowe as Dr. Henry Jekyll?
2: Fine. I don't know. I, I'm a little biased. I don't love Russell Crowe. So, like, maybe that is...
0: He's you know. the only person that I remembered who was in the Dark Universe. Oh, Johnny Depp was the Invisible Man. Um, I don't know I'm, that he was in the movie. They yeah, cast yeah, like, a lot of people that. who didn't appear in the movie. Melissa, I'm assuming you are not as up on the dark universe as we are.
2: I, I see that I'm not. Are there other... Is, it, is that the only movie in it?
0: It is. <laughs> uh, so basically, after The Avengers came out in 2012, like every film studio announced, like, we are getting in the interconnected universe business. So like, that's when Warner Brothers announced, like, their, their big, like, Zack Snyder Justice League plans. Sony announced, like, 10 spinoffs to the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. And Universal is, like, we are making an interconnected universe around the classic movie monsters. And they, like, cast everybody. So Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man. Russell Crowe was going to be Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde. Tom Cruise was going to fight the mummy but not be the mummy. Uh, And uh, I think Angelina Jolie, maybe, was going to be the Bride of Frankenstein.
2: Wait, so...
0: None of these movies will be made. The Mummy was a flop. But, like... (laughs) They put together a writer's room. They, like, hired a bunch of directors. They redecorated an entire floor of Universal Headquarters, like, in honor of the Dark Universe. They Jesus. were fully committed. <laughs> they made merchandise. None of it is happening.
2: So, okay, but the the Kong movies are not even related to this. Are so
0: they... those are Legendary Pictures, which is a Chinese production company that got the rights to King Kong and U.S. Godzilla.
2: <laughs> okay, well, damn. I I feel like I knew the Dark Universe was a flop, but I didn't know that it was like that. So no, it's good that we're watching the Brendan Fraser mummy.
1: <laughs> I still want to see Angelina Jolie as the Bride of Frankenstein, to be honest. Look,
0: I will say this. It took a long time, but Universal has wound up in the correct place, which is handing control of these properties over to Blumhouse. Because like in 2020... We got the Elizabeth Moss, Invisible Man, which did not feature Johnny Depp, which already is a good thing. But also, that movie's really good. So, like, I think forgetting the extended universe thing and just, like, letting people do cool 21st century reinterpretations of these concepts for not a lot of money is
1: the way to go. Yes, that is the correct move. But Bride of Frankenstein is definitely the best of the monster movies that I have seen.
0: I watched The Wolfman for a film critics club that I'm moderating at my school this year. And let me tell you, that movie is 80 minutes and The Wolfman shows up at like minute 45. (laughs) Also, they shot like one scene with The Wolfman and they show you the same scene multiple times as though it's different scenes.
1: But Will, is it about the quest of two gay men trying to create life together?
0: Look, nothing is better than that scientist whose name is escaping me in Bride of Frankenstein.
1: I want to say it's I'm like Paracelsus or something. I, I
0: committed to my task with this episode.
1: <laughs> anyway, I think we've covered Pool Boy Nightmare.
2: This, this was longer than Pool Boy Nightmare almost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Very dirty. laughs> it is pushing it.
0: Um, Next week, we will be covering the classic early 2000s, maybe late 90s. I'd have to double, double check. Comedy, The Best Man. A movie I have not seen. But I know its sequel is set at Christmas.
2: The Best Man Holiday. Melissa, have you seen The Best Man? I have not. I don't think I ever... I think I've seen The Best Man, or it may have been a while, but I've definitely seen The Best Man Holiday. That one I've seen. It's it's really good.
0: All right. Well, we will find out next week.
1: Until then, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Love the Love Pod, and you can email us questions or movie suggestions at lovethelovepod at gmail.com. Make sure to rate, review, and smash that subscribe
0: button like Adam smashed Gail. <laughs> Reviews on Apple Podcasts, in particular, help other people to find the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is that the worst thing you've ever said? If Maybe. Like it
2: has
1: to be near the top. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Oh, boy. Melissa, last question. What's the best piece of dating advice we got from Pool Boy Nightmare?
2: <laughs> oh, man. If someone's not online, whatever, in some capacity, don't date them. That's the answer.
1: If you start dating someone with an ex-wife, make sure to time your introduction to be right on the nose when they're talking about you so that you really make an impression and that'll help your new relationship last longer.
0: Talking about how you're into the fact that someone came out of their
1: mom will kill the mood during a makeout. Well, anyway, there you go. Until next time, I'm gay. And I'm a ginger. And I'm black. So
0: between the three of us, we know everything there is to know about romance. Bye! Bye.
2: This summer I went swimming. This summer I might have drowned.
1: But I held my breath and I kicked my feet. And I move my arms around. Move my arms around. This summer I swam in the ocean.
2: And swam in a swimming pool. Solve my wounds, clearing my eyes, I'm a self-destructive fool.